Welcome back to Start Kyle Lorton. I'm Travis. With me, as always, is Kyle. Kyle, we're here to talk about the Bears. We're going to talk about the NFL. Maybe we'll talk about some college and some other things today. Uh, but uh, since last we were here, yeah, as I remember, has happened, right, with the Bears? Well, I, I would hope, since we were last here, any one of you that was still hanging on to the Tyson Bajan thing has let that, let that fly. Such That's true. Dream free. You know, it was so funny watching that Saints game with the narrative. Because, I mean, the kid was on fire, other than, like, a really stupid... He was on fire for about two quarters, you know? And then, like I said, the, the Saints seemed to have the same realization that the Raiders never had, where they were like, you know, what if we, like, stuffed the run and sniffed out these wide receiver screens and we really made this kid make a read and throw the ball, and then the rest of the game was just hot diarrhea. Um, and then that Panthers game was just hot diarrhea all around. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Travis, I know you were a little lower on, just as a sidebar here, you were a little lower on Bryce Young than yeah. I was at draft time. I had, I still, I, I, I very reluctantly kept Bryce as QB2 over Anthony Richardson just because I had some concerns about Anthony Richardson's long-term accuracy and, and how long he held the football, um, which in the brief sample size we got of Anthony Richardson this year, he was still very inaccurate and he got clobbered and is now out for the season. So I think in my defense, those were valid concerns to have. One of us did have CJ Stroud at QB one, I will say, and it was not Travis. I um, think the, the podcast will show that you tortured me until I said that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I still love Tony. But CJ is yeah. awesome. But yeah, I think where you're going is this but, is actually worse than I even thought Bryce Young was going to be. He looks like it's very hard. You know, I I famously was very anti Josh Allen. I, I thought he was a terrible draft pick. I made fun of him his entire rookie season for how inaccurate he was. But even Josh Allen's rookie season, I mean, he had. Some of those flashes, man, like a 75-yard just yeah. bullet on the sideline or a game where he had 400 combined yards because no one, even entering the league, no one, I think, realized what a runner, what a force as a runner he was going to be. And you could just – and that was one of the – I mean, statistically, that was literally one of the worst rookie seasons since Ryan Leaf was Josh Allen's rookie year. And yet, there were still flashes. There were still th- – I thought Bills fans were delusional, but there was stuff that you could point to that – that presaged the quarterback, presaged the quarterback that he has become. If you watch Bryce Young, what is it that you're clinging to right now? Yeah. I, there is not one thing that he's even doing well. Like, not one, not one thing. Um, I follow a guy on Twitter, and, and he follows me, which is the ultimate mark of intelligence. Um, Bryce Rossler, he writes for... Uh, he works for uh, Sports Illustrated Sports Information Solutions, their their data breach. He did an excellent article right before that Thursday night game about Bryce Young, basically breaking down all of the ways uh, that he's been very, very awful so far this year. Um, but the, the Bryce Young being terrible is re- relevant to the Bears for one other reason besides that Thursday night game that they just played. It's that right now the Panthers have uh, basically a one-and-a-half game lead 
over yeah. the rest of the field for the number one overall pick. But as you folks might remember, it will not be the Carolina Panthers making that pick if they end up at number one. It will be the Chicago Bears. So I think that's going to have some relevance over the, the rest of our discussion because we've talked about Tyson Bajant. Uh, I think putting the, I mean, you and I were never, we were never on the Bajant of change train anyways. Um, Bajant of change. I, I but, love your nicknames for Bajant. His name works so well with so many different nicknames, really. Secret Bajant man. He's right. gonna take the check down and throw the ball away. Um, but <laughs> truly, truly such such epic arm strength. Kyle, the arm strength of Pat Mahomes, if you look at it, really. From Tyson. I, okay. And see, Florida is a yard pass. <laughs> I want to see the video of that combine drill where they came up with Tyson Bajan supposedly having similar velocity to Patrick Mahomes because I would bet that Tyson probably had like a five-yard like running start and had to put like his whole ass into that throw and probably was visibly winded. And Patrick Mahomes maybe did it with like his left hand or something. I don't know. He was probably talking. He was probably having an interview with a QB coach as he was just nonchalantly whipping the football. In that I think, direction, because yeah, there's. I think we throw that drill away, right? I think we're done with that drill for a while. We, uh, we, and maybe we move it. on. If Tyson Bajan's done anything, yes, he's proven the lack of utility of that particular combine drill. Because I mean, I, we've seen some noodle-armed Bears quarterbacks in our day. Chase Daniel had a very weak arm. Uh, Shane Matthews will always be the guy, I, the first guy I think of whenever someone says noodle arm. And I don't know if you put. Shane Matthews in his prime before he went to prison for fraud. Folks, if you didn't know this, former Bears quarterback Shane Matthews did go to jail for fraud. That's a fun story. Look that up. Um, Most of you, I would think, probably aren't even old enough to know who Shane Matthews is. Travis and I probably shouldn't be old enough to know who Shane Matthews is. We should not have been watching the Chicago Bears at 11 years old. And if you're wondering how we got to be the people that we are today, that (laughs) explains a lot of it. Um, But yeah, no, I patient might have the worst arm of them. Now, that's the said. We keep saying, I don't, we make fun of the kid. I don't want to dump on the kid because I do think no. he's going to grow into a nice backup for a couple. He's going to be a minimum, rookie minimum backup salary for a couple years. He is a guy that I think, you know, now that he's, once he's not a rookie, once he's got a little experience, once he knows how to avoid those turnovers, I think he is the guy that that's the kind of backup where someday, you know, if the next Bears starting quarterback, um, and he's not the next Bears starting quarterback, if the next bear starting quarterback and, and, and maybe it's still going to be Justin Fields. We'll talk about that in a little bit. It's most likely because of that Panthers pick. We think it's more likely to be Drake may or Caleb Williams. Um, there'd be a hell of a lot more to be said about that too. When, and if that number one pick is locked up. Um, thank you, dog. Uh, <laughs> anyway, losing her shit. The, you're a Tyson Bajan fan and will not stand for this. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think Bajan's going to be a nice long-term backup for the team for a couple years. They're going to have they're going to save some money in that position. He's a guy that I think will come in and execute the "don't screw it up" game plan that you want a backup to execute. Um, and that's about all you can ask of that guy. More relevant, I think, at the moment is that this is going to be the first game in a few weeks where Justin Fields is going to be back. So, what are your feelings on that at the moment, Travis? On um, Justin Fields being back, you say? Yes. 
Yeah, uh, so I actually I had a thought about this uh, a couple of days ago. Look upon your face. Yeah, so I went. I uh, I was taking a shit, which is where I get all my best ideas, Kyle. Uh, and I thought to myself, I thought to myself, all right, the Bears have looked pretty competent the last few weeks. Bajan has looked bad. Bajan threw the Saints game. If I think if Fields was in there, we actually win that game, kind of running away. Bajan threw three very bad interceptions. Uh, but the defense played well. Defense has been playing well. And let's be honest, the, the pass rush has finally moved into that token pass rush territory with the addition of Montez Sweat. So things have looked pretty okay. Uh, so I thought to myself, let's say the Bears right now, they're three and seven, right? Uh, or are they three and eight? Uh, three and seven, we'll say. And the Bears, uh, let's say they rip off the rest of these wins. They go 10 and seven, they make it to the playoffs, right? Justin goes through Detroit twice. He beats Cleveland. And I'm thinking to myself, that would be awesome because then maybe we could get a first round pick for Justin Fields. That's where I'm at right now. Ooh, with Justin. Okay. Uh, See, I think, I think they're, all right. Should I do this in order of probability? Let's do it in order of least probability. Okay. All right. So I think there's two scenarios wherein Justin Fields is the Bears' starting quarterback in 2024. Scenario one is the one you just said. I think if Justin Fields managed to carry this particular iteration of the Bears, if they win out and he carried this particular iteration of the Bears to the playoffs, I think that requires an immense effort of quarterbacking on his part. Um to where I think given how hard Chicago has searched for a quarterback, um, given what that would do, how that would raise, I mean, because if they make the playoffs this year, then the expectation next year is to contend for the Super Bowl. uh, And you don't do that if you're taking a rookie quarterback. So I think that's where Matt Eberflus probably steps in and says, no, I need that to be my guy. Let's use the, let's trade that first overall pick for a haul. Let's use, let's just beef up the rest of the roster and build a super team. Sure. Um, so that's scenario A where Justin Fields actually stays, in my opinion. Uh, and I don't think that's going to happen. I still think they're going to get their asses handed to them. Uh, the next Sunday. three games are, are tough, like two games against yeah. Detroit and one against well, the best and, defense in the NFL. So, Well, and e- even in the last couple of weeks, as the Bears' defense has come together, if you will, uh, it's pretty noticeable that they have, you know, the quarterbacks that they have faced over these last few weeks. Uh, yeah. Brian Hoyer, Bryce Young, a very washed Derek Carr. Uh, the one quality quarterback they face in that time period is Justin Herbert. And if you might remember, he started 16 for 16, and that was a damn near a 30-point blowout for most of the game. So we have seen that Matt Eberflus only really beats up on bad quarterbacks. Um and, and I think Jared Goff is right there on that edge of the line. I mean, Jared Goff's not a bad quarterback, not at all. I think if Jared Goff's proven anything, it was, he is not a bad quarterback. It's that I he, – the question is, is he a good enough quarterback to win when he doesn't have everything else around him? And that is a very fascinating conversation that they will have in Detroit, I think, this offseason. I think what happens with Jared Goff's really bad. Jared Goff is a very good quarterback, and in that Detroit offense as it's currently constituted, he is playing like a great one. Uh, and yeah. so if history, if Matt Eberflus wants to show he has truly improved this defense as he's truly building something, he needs to show it against a quarterback and an offensive quality. Because yeah. the same, I mean, Derek Carr is probably the best good 
quarterback that they have contained mostly this year, and Derek Carr has looked awful all season long. I mean, the the Saint that Saints offense has been out of sync. I said before the season, I, we were when we were ranking our quarterbacks. I was like, I I think the Saints will immediately regret that Derek Carr contract. He looked quite awful in Oakland last year. I know Josh McDaniels. I know all of that. But this is a guy that had Javante Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. He had all of that. He couldn't throw the football. Um, yeah. I mean, he looks worse right now than Andy Dalton did last year. Right. He, and he has all year. So yeah. it's, it's not that and, surprising. And yeah. So, I mean, Herbert and Herbert shredded him like they weren't even there. So I have yet to see them even slow down a good offense. And my skepticism that they will do so on Sunday. Because for one – that Detroit offensive line is, I mean, that's the strength of their team. That is the, yeah, they are one of the few contenders right now. I mean, could also argue the Eagles, but the, the Detroit truly built that starting five O line before they did anything else. That was their focus. And it's opened up everything else that they want to do. Um, and I think even as the bears have tried to upgrade the defensive line with Montez sweat, I guess we should talk about Montez sweat and say they did extend him. So that trade, goes from worst-case scenario to we're still at what I would consider the second worst-case scenario, which is that Montez Sweat, as we talked about, does just enough to improve this defense just enough to get them in that 6-7 win range, and they keep yep. Matt Eberfus, in which case that trade, nothing to do with Montez Sweat personally, but that trade would then become the worst move in Bears history if it led to them talking themselves into this doofus for another year. Um, but anyways, I think that Detroit offensive line is going to wipe this Bears defensive line off the map. And then we have seen what that means for the rest of this defense, these soft-ass, basic-ass coverage zone schemes that Matt Eberflus wants to run. If they if their off-defensive line's not a factor, and if Detroit can run the ball a little bit, then Jared Goff will have three and a half seconds to throw a slant for 13 yards over and over and over again. Um so, yeah, I'm not feeling super optimistic there. But where, where did this begin? Was this the, was I still talking about scenarios in which Fields stays? I think I was. That was, yes, yeah, scenario yeah. one was they went out, like I said. I said I would still trade Fields. You would still move on. At yeah. that point, yeah. I think, I mean, I think I maybe would do that too, but I don't think the Bears won. I think if you <laughs> made the playoffs, they would run everybody back. I think we're all a little concerned about them winning seven games and running everybody back at this point. Um, I think scenario two, where Fields is still the quarterback for the Bears next year, again, is more depending on what the Panthers do than what the Bears do. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just getting into this quarterback class for this year. I've done a lot on Drake May and Caleb Williams. I'm just starting to look at some of the other guys. Right now, if you ask me who QB3 in this draft is, I I don't know that I have one. Not one that I feel comfortable taking before round two. Uh, it's, it's, there's two, two potential superstars at the top, and there's a big drop-off. Um, and so if the Panthers should, by some miracle, if Bryce Young hears this podcast and gets so pissed he decides to prove us wrong, and start doing some shit. Um, if the Panthers manage to get that pick to be about pick three or later, I do. Th- and Justin Fields plays well the rest of the way. I do think that's when you get it. And and especially if you're Matt Eberflus and you probably have If the Bears keep Eberflus in that scenario, if you're Matt Eberflus, you're almost certainly looking at a situation where you have to make the playoffs next year. Um, 
and you're probably not betting on a rookie quarterback that you don't feel that good about because he's the third or fourth best quarterback in his class. You're probably taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Hell, maybe you're taking Brock Bowers with your other pick, and you're just saying, let's load up this offense so strongly that Justin Fields will look better than he is and we'll run it back there. That's the other scenario in which I think Justin Fields stays. But again, that has more to do with the Panthers than I think it does the Bears. I think if that pick from Carolina ends up pick one or pick two, and the Bears do not make the playoffs, and folks, they're not making the playoffs, I think that's going to be the end of Justin Fields, no matter what scenario it is. Now, the scenario I'm most afraid of is that if they win six or seven games, and they talk themselves into keeping Matt Eberflus, trade away Justin Fields, draft a quarterback, one or two, and this dumbass coaching staff sucks again next year, we're right back with what the Bears keep doing, where Matt Eberflus is getting fired after year three, and you are entering year two of a rookie quarterback contract with a quarterback being coached by a guy who had no hand in picking him and is not married to him. And we have seen that doesn't work out very well. Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, their priority was not the development of Justin Fields. Matt Nagy's priority was supposed to be the development of Mitch Trubisky, but he and Trubisky obviously never got along from day one. They had very different ideas of what the offense should be, et cetera. So that's the scenario I'm most afraid of where uh, – actually, the scenario, the worst-case scenario is that that Panthers pick ends up at three and Justin doesn't play well at all. And then you can't even talk yourself into keeping Justin Fields and you, I don't feel good about quarterback three in this draft either. That is a grim scenario. I hope it doesn't come to pass, but yeah, I I think, you know, I, we love Justin. We really do. Like we like the guy. We really wanted it to work out. I still think there's a world, there's a team somewhere where he could be something. I just don't think it happens in Chicago. And honestly, folks, that is even less of a, about the belief or lack of belief I have in his ability to get there, more just time scales and contract scales and, and how the quarterback position in the NFL works. Like it's, if they don't, if this was year two of Justin's career, even I would be more encouraged by the progress he's shown this year than discouraged, but he, it's getting late early. He's running out of time to prove he is the guy before they got to pick up a very expensive fifth year option before they have to think about extending him. Well, and the other thing is, unlike last year, last year, you know, we were like, ah, we've got time. You know, he's shown a lot of promise. And plus, the quarterback class was like, uh, like even C.J. Stroud. What we're seeing right now from C.J. is 100th percentile C.J. Oh, yeah. That's nobody expected it to be that good that fast. And this, and I don't think he gets better from here. I think see, kind of one of the things we said about C.J. when we were talking about draft picks is whatever he is this year this is as good as CJ gets. If he's really good, that's great. But I don't think he's going up from here. I don't think he's going down from here. It's This is CJ Stroud, right? This year, part of the reason I would still be totally happy to trade Justin, even if we rip off a bunch of wins here, is we've got two quarterbacks who are fantastic options at the top of the draft, and we aren't going to have the number one pick again. Uh, not for a while, right? It almost never happens. And personally, now the guy who I would take we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this over the next weeks and months uh, would be Drake May. Um, but I don't, there is no quarterback uh, the draft after this one who comes close to Drake May. There's not even a quarterback who comes close to Caleb Williams. These two guys are, they're guys you want to take, right? And you have the first pick and you have a question. I mean, 
about your current quarterback, you've got to take him. Um, I mean, we have a question about Justin Fields. We do. Yeah, I mean, if I were to throw the quarterback prospects from the last like, we'll go back to we'll go back to twenty twenty. I would say into say they were all in one draft. And just going by what I thought about them in college, mm-hmm. not with the the guys that I would have said were the best overall prospects in no particular order, but just out of these last four or five drafts, Trevor Lawrence, uh, and then probably Drake May is right there, maybe number two. Caleb Williams is definitely in the top five. We were both very high on Justin Fields. I, he would also have been in my top five, and, and you know we missed a little bit there. Um, and I think we'll, we'll, when we get to talk about Caleb and May, we'll talk about why things that I overlooked a little bit in the Justin Fields evaluation um, and how important they have ended up being. I didn't really, you know, we talk about the glorious spreadsheet, but uh, some, I have added some columns to the spreadsheet this year, folks, uh, because of Justin Fields trying to recontextualize some things and, and some things that I thought I kind of overlooked. I didn't think mattered that much, like how how long he took to throw the ball. Um things that I thought were maybe more coachable than they actually are. Uh, and I have looked at that for other prospects. But yeah, I mean, Drake and, and Caleb would be one or two in pretty much any draft in recent memory that you, I mean, throw Trevor Lawrence in the mix. He maybe goes number one over both of them, but they would both, they would be a discussion in terms of caliber of prospect. Um, and, and none of the guys in last year's draft were in that same tier they were they were very some of them were considered very good prospects anthony richardson was considered a huge swing of the bat um neither drake nor caleb is even really considered a huge swing of the bat like these guys the general this is like these guys are are surefire studs um so yeah i mean and let me and we keep talking about this with caleb because i have i've gotten yelled at a little bit on twitter because i i am i have challenge the narrative that people although it's it's become more and more challenged now you're starting to see a lot more boards pop up with drake may as, as qb1 a couple of weeks ago though there's a lot of hostility to saying that caleb williams is not patrick mahomes and trevor lawrence and all of this put together caleb williams is a very good prospect he does have some flaws he has one very specific flaw and it's it's a flaw that that i have done a lot of research into um but i would still say that like even if it's Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams, if you're, you're debating that, um, it's not just Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams. It is Justin Fields, whom you need to pay, versus Caleb Williams, who you will reset and have four more cheap years with before you have to make a decision that you can yeah. build around, that you can get help for, that you can try to win a Super Bowl with before you have to pay him. Right. Well, that, and there are two matters. things. There are two things that Caleb Williams would have that Justin didn't, right? One, he would have a shot at a new coach, perhaps some good coaching. Justin, right. there's there's an argument to be made with him and with Bryce Young right now that the situation that they came into simply ruined them, you know, a la David yeah. Carr. They, they yeah. just didn't really have a chance. And this team next year, which I think is something we're going to talk about a little bit later too, is looking pretty good. To surround a, a quarterback, yeah, I mean, I, and it did not two years ago for Justin. No, I, I think, I think, if you want, if you want to pretend Ryan Poles had a master plan, and I don't know that he did, and I think he's gotten kind of lucky in some ways. But if you want to pretend he had a master plan, the master plan was this: 
Ryan Poles looked at Justin Fields and was like, I am really sorry, kid, but I'm going to sacrifice your career to buy the time to build a roster that is worthy of the kid that I draft to replace you. Right. And that's what's likely to happen because imagine, you know, in our, in our fantasy, the quarterback right now is Drake May. Drake May is going to step into an offense that hopefully has Braxton Jones, who currently has a top seven pass blocking grade among all offensive tackles in PFF. Darnell Wright has the top PFF grade, top PFF pass blocking grade among all rookie offensive linemen. He's been good from the jump. He's, you know, he's had some rough moments, but you, you can see a budding star there at right tackle in Darnell Wright. Tevin Jenkins is one of the best guards in the NFL when he's healthy. He's been even better this year than I thought he could be as a pass blocker. Because that was my one he's concern. Scary. That was my one concern last year. As awesome as he was when he was on the field, the pass blocking was still very inconsistent. The run blocking was elite. The pass blocking was hit or miss. And this year he has been a polished, smooth, incredible pass protecting guard. Nate Davis is coming back, but before he got hurt, he looked very good. Uh, there's four-fifths of a good offensive line in place. Now, that there, there's some health concerns with that. I think depth is going to be important. Um, but, the main, I mean, you plug in a center, and I'd like to see them sign, say, Connor Williams in free agency. You're handing a top 10, maybe top 5 offensive line to this rookie quarterback next year? When has a Bears quarterback ever, let alone a rookie, stepped into that kind of protection? And, and DJ and, Moore. And, and wide receiver, probably. And, yes, and you're probably going to be in position with your own draft pick to maybe not take Marvin Harrison Jr., but to take – I mean, this is a great draft to be taking a wide receiver first yeah. round. I don't know if it's going to be Keon Coleman or Malik Neighbors or if it's going to be Xavier Leggett, um, but there are, there are a lot of guys that I feel – I mean, even – you know, people make fun of him because his name is Lad McConkey, but Lad McConkey of Georgia is a very good looking wide receiver and an incredible route runner. There, this is the year to be taking a wide receiver round one, and I think the Bears should be in a position to do that. So, I mean, yeah, whoever the rookie quarterback is, whether he's Caleb or Drake, in an ideal scenario, you're handing him to maybe coach Ben Johnson, and you're giving him an, a good offensive line. We're, and you're giving just, him, we're hanging so much on hoping we could get Ben Johnson. <laughs> and we're, we're giving him DJ Moore. Well, I mean, it could be Ben Johnson. It could be Bobby Slovak. It could be – I mean, you're, either way, you're hopefully – It could be Jim Harbaugh. So let's, let's oh, not get too far ahead of ourselves shit. here. Don't do that to me. Yeah. Don't do that to me. Let's Anyways. not get too far ahead of ourselves yet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, so it's a good situation for a rookie quarterback to step into, yeah. which which it was not for Fields. Um, it was a painful reset, and I, I think we'll always feel a little sad that they basically sabotaged Justin Fields' development to do it. But what's done is done, and, and the situation for the next kid looks pretty good. Um, I mean, even defensively, let's say, like, you know, the last couple of years what we've been told by polls is – we can't fix this whole thing this offseason, right? The first offseason, he was definitely right. Last offseason, he was like, again, I can't fix everything right now. And you and I were kind of like, I feel like you could have gone out and done a little bit more. But this offseason, undoubtedly, we know exactly what the holes are, right? We need one more defensive end. It seems like we've got a good duo on the interior. It seems like Billings is great and we've got him locked up. It seems like Javon Dexter has been improving week to week. Uh, we've got decent linebackers. If we could move Tremaine Edmonds, that would be fantastic. Or if he could kick it into freaking gear. Um, you know, our secondary is looking good. They're young and they're improving. We know what we have to fix. 
we have the cap room to fix it. It actually feels like for a new quarterback next year. I mean, they're they're set up much better than C.J. Stroud is right now, right? We have a team that could really lock in a rookie quarterback in a good situation and set them up for the future next well, year. Here's... And we only the only thing we got to get is a swing guard. We've got to get a starting center, and we need to get one more defensive end. And you feel pretty good about this team, right? Next yeah. year with a rookie QB, right? If I'm so if I'm running the Chicago Bears, uh, and and the pan that Panthers pick is number one or number two. The plan for me is very simple. You are hiring, you're firing Matt Eberflus. You are hiring the best offensive mind available who will take the job. Hopefully that's a guy like Ben Johnson, or it could be, hopefully it's a guy like Ben Johnson. Then you're letting that guy pick. If you have pick number one, you're letting him pick which of those two QBs he prefers. Um, Or if you have pick two, you're just taking whichever one's left. Um, you're signing a center. Like I said, Connor Williams would be a good one. You're signing some, like I said, your reserve depth at guard. You're signing, I would sign Bryce Huff to be the pure pass rushing edge opposite sweats. Because um, then, you know, what you do, probably get some more help at, at defensive tackle as well. But, you know, on, on your early downs, you you keep Walker, Demarcus Walker at one end and Montez Sweat at the other. And then on your pass rushing downs, you kick Demarcus Walker into three technique where he's a better pass rusher. And then you have Bryce Huff, you know, getting after it on the other end. And yeah, I mean, I don't, you never want to predict playoffs with a rookie QB for sure. But I think that would be one of the better situations that a rookie quarterback has stepped in. And that's a lot of ifs. It is a lot of ifs. And, and you're trusting the bears to realize that the guy that they currently have is a useless wiener and to replace him. <laughs> yeah. And they've been very bad at knowing when to do that in the past. But the, it, there are so but many ifs here. But there's, but a, there's path a path here, and there wasn't. They are they are they are ifs, and they are but they are plausible ifs. These are not home run. These are not shots in the dark. These are like there is a very logical path. And I hope Ryan Poles, or if Ryan Poles doesn't see it, I hope Kevin Warren finds somebody who does. There's a there's a way out. There, is, there can be light at the end of the tunnel, but but you have to. They're in this tunnel. There, there, there are two tracks you can take, and and so you have to. You got to make the right turn. But if you do, you can see their way out of this for once. You you couldn't a couple of years ago. That was the hardest thing with when when it was time to fire Nagy and Pace. It was very hard to see their way out of that purgatory without making the painful decisions that polls has made. Um, but yeah, there, there, there is a way out and there, there hasn't been in the past, but I, I do think the opportunities there. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to talk a bit more about what you think could actually save Eberflus here, because we've got, we have a set number of games left, right? We've got seven games left. I think if it's going to happen, you're talking about seven wins. Right. If it's going to happen, it's those three games that wrap up the year. It's going to be home against Arizona, right? You got to think that's a winnable game. Although, given how good Kyler Murray's back, Kyler Murray back, it yeah. doesn't seem as likely as it was. It's home against Atlanta, although they're a much better team than Chicago has been this year. And then we've got at Green Bay, which no matter how bad they look, we just get our asses kicked. Um, because the other four, the four we have coming up uh, here are not wins that I expect him to get. We've got two against Detroit, 
We have the Vikings at Minnesota with Josh Dobbs playing as well as he was in Arizona earlier in the year. And then He's dabbing all over him. And then we have the best defense in the NFL after that, uh, home against the Browns. And it, it just doesn't seem like we have we have a path there. Um, so what do you think? What do you what do you think happens to get us to the seven wins that saves Eberflus's job at this point? How do you how can you chart a course to Eberflus saving his job? Give me that. I'm a little afraid that six wins does it. I'm I'm a little afraid of that. What are the I'm certain, like? It would have to be. You have to beat the Lions once, right? You have to if it's going to be. That's six that's where. Job. So that's that's where I think it, it kind of matters what the six wins are because I actually don't think the scenario you're talking about where they get to three and eleven and then win three right. at the end or whatever actually I think, does it. Because I but think I if you think, get to three and eleven, maybe he gets fired right there, right? But like I think if you, a, I think if you upset the Lions. Well, getting to six wins, that is where I get concerned. If you're upsetting the Lions and, and the Vikings, because right now, did you? I don't think I even realized this. Did you realize that Matt Eberflus has not won a single divisional game as Bears I did. head coach? Yeah. Not one. He, ha- he has to win a divisional game. And right? we, know, we know that kind of shit matters to the McCaskies a lot. Like, yeah. I will say one thing I actually, honest to God, Let's say he's six and ten going into the last game of the season, but then he loses that last game to Green Bay. Yeah, I think that gets him fired. I think if he's five and eleven and beats Green Bay, that could save him. And to be clear, (laughs) to be clear, we are not saying this should fucking save him. He should be gone already. If you have not seen what you need to see, that this guy is not the guy. I don't trust any of you. But here's the thing. When it comes to the Bears' leadership, I don't trust any of you. You're fucking idiots. You kept Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and you cited their composure during a six-game losing streak as the streak as the reason you did it. I don't know if you guys fucking know this, but good coaches don't have six-game losing streaks. Jesus. Yeah. Now my my whole thing here is that was all Ted. This is Kevin Warren. If there's one thing you and I know about Kevin Warren, uh, just as both fans of Big Ten teams, the guy does not tolerate bullshit. Like, this is this is a very straight-ahead, like, if you suck, you're gone kind of guy. The other thing, the one good thing about Kevin Warren being involved with the Bears, too, is he fucking hates Jim Harbaugh. So I don't that's, think we actually that's, will that, hire yeah, Jim that, Harbaugh. Yeah, my concern uh, is but, less if Kevin Warren is an idiot and more – does Kevin Warren actually have the power to do this? There's no way he takes the job if he doesn't have... Right? I, like, how, I can't so, see but... Kevin Warren taking this job instead of leading the entire Big Ten and then letting weak-ass... I mean, remember the, the press conference for McCaskey hiring Eberflus. Remember him just being like, you know what? I don't know. All right? I'm not a football guy. I just own the team. If this doesn't work... We'll try again. That's what I'm going to do, right? That guy is going to somehow overpower Kevin Warren. I don't see it, man. Like, like Ted, yes. Kevin Warren is like one of the strongest presences you can have in a room. And I feel like he's the kind of guy who would just take one look at Eberflus and be like, it's not this guy. Like, no, no matter what he I does, it's not I this really, guy. I really, as the season goes along, the more pessimistic I get. That's where I, that's what I'm afraid of. It's, I will not, re, I will not relax 
until Matt Eberflus is fired. Now, if Matt Eberflus gets fired, I can turn into an optimist about this whole situation really quick. It, this, this season quick. is this season is painful, and it. Uh, I know there are guys listening to this show who probably still haven't given up on the Justin Fields era, and I get that, and I'm not. A part of me is still hoping for the miracle Travis just talked about, where he reels off seven wins and shoves it to the. I mean, it would be, it would make some things messy, but God, I would give anything. I still would give anything for Justin Fields to be the guy. Yeah. From my own mental health perspective, I have to live in the reality where he's not, because the the longer I hold on to that hope, the more it hurts when it's not the case. That was the one thing I learned from years of therapy. After the Jay Cutler experiment, folks, like I, I gotta <laughs> rip that bandaid off when I can. Yeah, um, I can't do that to myself again. But if you're listening and you're mad at us because we're not, we're writing off Justin Fields. I understand. You can call me a motherfucker. That's okay. That twenty-three year old me would have called me a motherfucker right now. Okay, and that's fine. You, you yeah. can motherfuck me all you want. Well, um, to be clear, next year when Justin Fields is leading the Atlanta Falcons to like an eleven and six season, I'm not going to be surprised, and I'm going to no. be tremendously happy for him, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like he he just, he just needs to get the hell away from the Chicago Bears. He does, he does. Yeah, he's well. Like I said, I will go, I will go to my grave believing that they failed him. He did not fail them, but it doesn't change the reality of failure. It it is right. what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, otherwise, though, yes. If you move, if you can get yourself past the sting and disappointment of this season, and there's a and Matt Eberflus is fired, the possibilities open up for a brighter future very quickly, because you can see that there, there's there's a plethora of offensive coaches they could look at. I keep saying Ben Johnson because I do think he'd be the best pick, and he's the one I'm the most optimistic about. But there's several guys. There's a couple, a lot of guys you could talk me into. There really are. Um, and there's two quarterbacks. You should have a pick. This is this is that's one of the nice things about this is this is one of the few times that the Bears' great hope has fizzled out, and you can still see a way out. Because uh, when the Jay Cutler era came to an end, they were trapped in in the middle of a bad draft with no quarterbacks to take. Yep. Um when the Mitch Trubisky thing fizzled out, you knew that even moving up to take a shot at a guy like Fields was going to cost them considerably and it cost them a future first and it cost them all that. Um this will be one of the few times that they can painlessly move on if that's what they need to do, presuming that Panthers pick is top 2. Um it's usually not this clear cut. You're usually not able to just swap a guy out like that. Um, but yeah, you, you get an offensive coach, you fix, you get a real center for once in your fucking lives. Uh, I mean, I mean, and we can move on and not just, will it not cost us anything? We will get something for just, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Someone out there's the, yeah. Someone out there's probably going to give you the two that you just gave up for Montez sweat back. Yeah. Unless he, unless he comes back these seven games and just stinks out loud. But if he comes back and looks the like the inconsistent but with high upside guy that he looked at before he got hurt yeah someone's gonna take a flyer on that atlanta or somebody's gonna take a chance on that you'll get something of value for him back like you said there are two quarterbacks in this draft and after that you really don't have anybody you're gonna trust in the draft and there are more teams that are gonna need quarterbacks and there are several teams and i keep saying atlanta because it makes too much sense but there are teams out there who really 
just need a quarterback in order to be in contention for their divisions. And Atlanta is just a prime example. Like Atlanta with Justin Fields, that feels pretty good, right? You replace Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke with Justin Fields, and suddenly you feel like you've got something going on in Atlanta. Um, I mean, you're at least getting a three, uh, even if he's like mediocre the rest of the way you would think. And yeah, that's something the Bears never get, you know? It's usually this desperate, sad, tearful, you're letting go of a guy for nothing, right? And then he's a backup on the Steelers, you know, the next year or whatever, fighting for a starting position with Kenny Pickett. That's usually how it ends with the Bears. And then you're just at the mercy of whatever's happening. Well, and the defense is usually... We get to... This is the Monty Hall problem, Kyle. Right now, the Bears have a choice. You're looking at at three different uh, uh, windows, right? And as long as you make a choice to switch off of your first option, you have a better chance of succeeding. That's where the Bears are right now. We've never had that before. Make the decision. Get something for Justin Fields, whatever you can, however good he is the rest of the year. And set the next guy up like with, with picks, with a decent team, with young guys, like with a good situation, with a new stadium. We've got a shot here to like to not be the Bears. Uh, well, and, like, well, and that's why Fire and Eberflus is so key because you will yeah. be you will be hiring from a position of strength this off season in a way yes. that they never they never have before. When when it was time to hire after firing Pace and Nagy, that this was not a job that the top candidate mm-hmm. wanted. Like, had let's, no... let's look at the other teams that, that are going to need head coaches. Like Carolina, you don't want that fucking job. You don't God, want the no. Patriots job if Belichick is gone. You don't want to follow Bill Belichick. You definitely don't want to be the Giants head coach. That's a, that's a worse than the Bears. I think Dable, I think Dable's safe there anyways. I think I think he's gets. I think that Potentially. Potentially. He, I think he can successfully that. scapegoat the quarterback position for that one. Does McVeigh does McVeigh leave Los Angeles? Do you really want to be the Rams head coach? The Titans are are they gonna probably gonna keep Vrabel? Like the Bears might be the marquee landing spot right. for a head coach, which, right? Well, which they've never been before. I mean, no. Like I said, well, and I just I mean, even in, even if they were to fire polls, they'd be the marquee landing spot for a general manager for once. And they've never yep. ever been that, but like. Whomever takes over this Bears job, either top Bears job, coach or GM, you are looking most likely at a top two pick. You are looking at what I still think, even with the Montez Sweat extension, is I think a top top two, top three in effective cap space next year. They're still over $50 million in cap space. Yeah. Um, you are looking at another first-round pick. I mean, you are – and you have an extra second in the second year. I mean, there is so much draft capital there. Um, so many different things that they can do. Uh, they have to make a change at coach this offseason because you'll never, ever be in a position where, I mean, because let's say Ben Johnson is the number one head coach candidate in the NFL this offseason. This is the one time that guy is going to look at all of the jobs available and say, Chicago, that's where I need to be. Yeah, that I mean that's that's the thing. We control our destiny right now. We have we have a chance by making the choice right now 
to get the best head coaching candidate out there. And there's one clear great head coaching candidate who everybody loves and Ben Johnson. We have the chance if we want to go get a, you know, a great GM because we have all these picks, we have all this cap space. They can really make their mark right out the gate. We have a chance with the roster we've got to actually nurture a young quarterback, which we've absolutely never had before. Even when we've gotten young quarterbacks, we seem intent on torturing them for a year or two before we actually let them go out um, and surround them with support to actually maybe do something, you know, give them some help. We have all these opportunities. We have to make the choice this offseason. If we tread water for one more offseason, we've thrown all that away. You know, it's it's all gone. If we decide after next year, ah, Justin Fields isn't it. I'm sorry, guys. There's like Quinn Ewers might stay. He might be the best quarterback in the draft after this one. And he is not the guy. Uh, you don't want to go after those quarterbacks. So it's not even about Justin Fields. It's not about how I feel about Justin Fields right now, because I, I am a preeminent lover of Justin Fields. I have a lot of faith in him. I still have faith in him that he can be good going forward. It's about making the choice. It's about saying the opportunity is there right now. Look at what the Cubs just did and what they're apparently about to do potentially uh, with Shohei Otani. Uh, they said, yeah, we've got David Ross right now. Yeah, we looked pretty good last season, but fuck it. Craig Council is available. We have to seize the moment right now. We're on the call. Oh, that's this. A guy, the best manager in, in baseball is available. Let's get him. The best player in baseball is available. Let's try to get him. That's the kind of thing the Bears have to do as an organization. Right. I mean, if, if they didn't own that Panthers pick, I'd be right there with you in trying to say, like, you know, Justin has shown some progress, and maybe next year Justin Fields with another first-round wide receiver and all this help, that's, you know, you've got to roll with that over J.J. McCarthy. Yep. I, 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 they, might, they still might end up in that situation. I still might think that. Um, but there is a chance here to really go after, to, to seamlessly replace Justin with two prospects that I think are just as good of prospects as he was coming out and that have, you're resetting that rookie contract and everything else. Um, and you have the chance to really put them into a good situation from day one, start the development. If I could go back in time if I could pull Justin Fields from 2021 and plant him on the 2024 Bears and get a do-over and get it and do it right this time, I would consider that. But the the guy we've got has has formed bad habits, just like we were afraid he would. Again, this it's this it sucks. It it sucks to be sitting here saying they fucking screwed over Justin Fields because what feels fair then is to stick with the kid and give him a chance as the team around him finally gets better. But that, unfortunately, is not how it works. Like, it's just yeah. not. Like, he got screwed, but unfortunately it's done. It's time to, to reset and you have a clean opportunity, a chance to make a clean break uh, and to really put a guy in the right situation from day one and develop him, nurture him in a good situation with a good offensive line, not make him see ghosts in the pocket, not do all of these things that we saw them do to Jay Cutler, to Justin Fields, to all of these guys who you, you, you saw slowly break down and second guess themselves and feel the rush before it's there, drop their eyes. They have a chance to get this right from the jump. And they've never had that before. Uh, everything could line up perfectly. There are two roads diverge in the wood 
take the one you've never fucking taken before. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can compare to another Chicago. We could just compare within Chicago, right? The Cubs, the last time they did this, they threw a manager under the bus and grabbed the best guy available. They win the World Series, right? And they've done it again. They've they're ruthless in going for it. It feels bad because we all like David Ross, but we also know it's the right decision, right? It, to could we win a World Series with David Ross? Maybe, maybe. Can we win a World Series with Craig Council? Absolutely. Uh, and then you look at an organization like the Chicago Bulls, they have had an opportunity to move on the last two off seasons, the last two trade deadlines to say, Zach Levine ain't it. It's not working with, with Vucevic. It's not working with DeRozan. This is because Lonzo Ball is gone. I'm sorry. We can't do it with this group. And they could have pulled the plug. They could have recouped a bunch of assets and moved on. And they have waited and they've waited. And now they're talking about getting rid of Zach Levine. And the return is just not going to be the same. They're going to get something back, but now the Bulls are just going to be bad again for a couple of years, right? The Bears have the opportunity right now to make the Cubs move and not the Bulls move. To pull the plug and say, I'm sorry, maybe we could do it with Justin Fields, but we're not going to deal in maybes right now. We're going to pull this rookie guy who we know is excellent, whether it's Drake or Caleb Williams, and we're going to let Justin try to figure it out with another team, and maybe he does. That's great. But we, we have to be ruthless here. We have to be ruthless with Eberflus, even if he wins another three or four games. We have to be ruthless with Justin because that's what you have to do when you're a good organization to actually win games, to set yourself up for long-term success. You have to be a little ruthless. And if you're going to take anything away from this podcast, it's you don't have to hate Justin Fields to want to move on at this point. You don't have to shit on Justin to say – you know, Drake and Caleb Williams are some transcendent talents. It's We had this argument last offseason. People were like, well, what if Bryce Young uh, actually is that good? What if C.J. Stroud actually is that good? And the Bears looked at him and they said, they're not. We think Justin Fields is just as competent a prospect as these three guys. I don't think you can do that with Drake and Caleb. I think they're better prospects, and I think you have to go with one of them over Justin. I do. Well, and it's it, there's also the, again, there is also the calculation that Justin Fields is not a, entering his third year anymore. Right, right. He's entering, entering his year four. Fourth we have to year. make decisions. This you year. have to make a decision on extending him or picking up the fifth-year option. It's They had the luxury of time last year. That that luxury of time is now gone. Yeah. So it, all of these – and, I mean, we said this last year. We were being optimistic. We were hoping it we wasn't did. a center. We said – there will you will have a chance to evaluate Justin Fields this year, and you will have a chance to move on next year if you need to. You yeah. probably need to. Yeah, um, we said last year. I mean, it's much easier to move on this offseason, right? Right. Because if you have the top one or two picks, or again, what we said is the Bears have two picks. You can trade both of them to get the first overall pick if you really like one of these quarterbacks, and if Justin is still a question mark, and that's where we are. Justin yeah. is a question mark, and I I don't have questions about Drake May. Do I have questions about Caleb Williams? A couple. Doesn't change the fact that he is a transcendent talent, and he has a way better situation right now. He would Justin have a way better situation, year. and he'd have four. Again, he will restarting. You get three more shots, yep. three more seasons to see what he is cheap and to build around him and and to try to win with him while he's cheap. It's it's it sucks, but it is what it is. Um, yep. So yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this, and again, if you're just still a diehard Justin Fields fan, and you're you you want to motherfuck us, that's okay. I I will be here 
for you when your rage abates. Yes. Um, you you rage I mean, against the dying of the light, and that's okay. We've been so, where you've been. Right. Like we were we were upset about people who were talking about Tyson Bajan, you know, the last month. Right. We were like, okay, if you're honestly out here and you're talking about how Tyson Bajan is going to save the franchise and you think he's better than Justin Fields, and we should forego taking one of these guys in the draft to give Bajan a chance. Like we you don't need to come back next week to listen to this podcast, right? Uh, in this, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to hold on to Justin, I believe in him. I think we should give him another shot next year with a fully realized roster and a good coach. Come back next week. I like I I love you. I care about you, and I will talk you through this for the next couple of years. Like I, we both like Justin Fields. All right, that is not a situation where we stand in direct opposition to you. It's just, it's just the opportunity that we've got at this point. You know, it's that. You can start over with a really good foundation for a rookie. And these rookies are the real deal. And we are going to spend the next three, four, five months trying to convince you that these two guys really are the real deal. <clears throat> uh, and I'm, I'm going to lose my voice here. I, I can, I'm going to start talking about Teddy Ruxpin and HR Puff and stuff <laughs> with the fucking monsoon out there. Uh, if if you get that reference, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically, I like Justin Fields. Kyle likes Justin Fields. If we stick with him, we are going to cheer our asses off for Justin Fields. But I think it would be the wrong move. Well, and I guess there's one last thing I should say. If these thundering dumbasses make the decision to keep Matt Eberflus, yeah. then go ahead and keep Justin Fields. Because <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> I don't want to see that Wiener pick our next quarterback, fail him, get fired next year, and hand him off again to a coaching staff that did not pick him. Yeah, you might as well just finish the job of ruining Justin Fields at that point, and then start yeah. truly start over fresh a year later than you should have. But when you finally realize what everybody else fucking told you a year before, if you keep Matt Eberflus, keep Justin Fields. But the two should honestly be tied together, and you should probably be moving on from both. I agree, because in that situation, you're thinking like, all right, we're using the Panthers pick to take Marvin Harrison Jr. We're using that next pick to take Brock Bowers, or we're using it to take, you know, a a stud corner, or we're using it to take, um, you know, like Keon Coleman or something. Like, just really, we're going to blow out the offense. And then if he sucks you aren't getting a rookie next year. You know, you're probably going to be looking at like trading for Kyler Murray, or you're going to be looking at trading for some other, you know, quarterback or something, but, but you're absolutely right. At least if you're sticking with Eberflus and you might as well stick with Justin and try it one more time, but that's, that's not what I would recommend. That's not what I want. No, it's not what we want. No. Yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, we spent a lot of this time talking about the future uh, and stuff. Like, what do you, what do you think is actually going to happen against the Lions this next week, Kyle? We got two minutes. Uh, honestly, I, I think the Lions, again, exposed the lie that is Matty Berflus's defense against a competent offense. I think he's, Goff's going to sit back there and slowly pick him apart. That's my prediction. Um, as far as what the Bears offense does, I'm I'm really not I'm really not sure. I'm a little worried, honestly. Uh, Justin Fields does not have big hands to begin with. That's kind of why he sucks on those behind the line of scrimmage throws. 
he doesn't have a good grip on the ball to begin with. So I'm, I'm a little worried about this kid trying to throw the football with a thumb that's not 100%. So that should be fun. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, God, they, they should lose this game. I, I, that's not really what else to say. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly looking forward to like, we have like, like you've been saying, we have a pretty decent offensive line right now, even with Patrick in the middle, <clears throat> surrounded by all these guys, he's actually done a pretty acceptable job there at center. And with Nate Davis back, how do they fare against this Detroit Lions defensive line? Can we actually stand up to that? This is a big test to me, just looking forward for the Bears as an organization. Yeah, I, how yeah, good is I, this offensive line? I definitely want to see Darnell Wright versus Hutch. I want to see, because yeah. that, that's a that's a matchup we should see going forward for a long time. Yep. Um, and I definitely want to see, I mean, I want to see, I guess, if the Bears, def- like, can Montez Sweat do something against that? Lions offensive line can yeah. Jervin Dexter do something, but yeah, I I'm not optimistic, folks. I'm not. Yeah, especially right. the theme well, of I'm today's gonna... episode. I'm not optimistic. So not optimistic. I'm optimistic about the future, maybe, but I'm not optimistic maybe. right now. <laughs> We're optimistic if we think ruthlessly. Be ruthless. That's Travis's message today. Be ruthless, Bears. All right. Be ruthless, uh, Bears fans. Uh, do you do you have anything else? You wanna, I no, mean, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's see what the Bears do against the Lions here. I don't, you know, I want to see a good game. My daughter actually has got into football the last two weeks. She, some of her, she's nine. Her friends have uh, have started playing football at school, and she's joined with the boys and playing football. Oh, okay. Uh, and so she's like been learning it. She's been watching. She has. She started to watch the Bears a little bit, immediately turned it over. She's becoming a, uh, a a Ravens fan, which isn't surprising at all if you've watched the Ravens uh, this offseason. But I would really like, because she wants to watch the Bears game with me for the first time this off this this in my life, I'd really like if the Bears could look competitive out there. Like, have a fun game, guys. Like, lose, but please show me something so my kid lose. enjoys football and we can watch football on Sundays. Have you considered just showing her a different team? You could do that. Yeah. That's a good point. That. That I'll yeah. just. I, but the Ravens played last night. We were watching that. She had a great time. Uh, Look, that was a live, fun game. We live in the Kansas City Chiefs broadcast area. You know, give the kids some good hope. Point. Show her. What? Show her what life could be. Is the Bears game on here? Let's see. Let's see. Be, uh, coverage. Coverage map. Uh, let's let's find out, Kyle. Are we gonna watch the Bears here? Uh, let's see. Do we have do we have week eleven coverage map? This is riveting podcasting. There we go. Five oh six. Show me what I get to see this weekend. I get to see P- Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And the jet will hold up Fox. Oh my God. I actually do get the, no, no, no. We're just we on the not, edge. I'm going to watch we, the chargers and the Packers. Yeah. We get chargers <laughs> Packers. We get chargers Packers. So I don't want to show her that one either. What's on CBS. Do well, I maybe it's time to teach her the old hatreds. So, Oh God, the CBS game is Pittsburgh and the Browns. I, this is not a good weekend. Uh, that is going to be an ugly, ugly ass football game. Oh my God. Okay, we are going to we are going to figure something out on my end. Uh, all right, that's all. That's all, right. all I've got. We'll talk to you next week, and uh, and we'll we'll be able to talk about Justin Fields at least. See you later, folks.
Now you know I'm leaving 